Welcome to the Community Church. Uh, I've made up a new title, uh, Love in Action, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Romans 12, get my bits of paper together, decided to go old school this morning, so it's paper, which is good because I left my phone in Sidmouth anyway, so if it was on my phone, I couldn't read it. So here we go. I'm going to read it. It's, uh, it's quite a long passage, but I think it's so good that in one sense I could just read it four times and then sit down. I mean, you might prefer that, but uh, I think it's, a, it's an amazing passage. There's a tremendous amount in there. So it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so we, uh, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Oh, is that where Adrian got the title from? Maybe. Anyway, don't worry, we won't focus on verse 19. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on your head. So that's not a new part of our mission strategy, but uh, bear that in mind, I suppose. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So I think it's uh, an amazing passage. There's a lot of instruction in there. It's quite practical. Uh, apparently, there's more instructions in there than any other uh, chapter in the Bible. Useless fact number one for you. Uh, and so I was looking at it. And just thinking, how do you bring something out of a passage that actually is largely uh, self-explanatory? So didn't feel much inspiration this week, as to be said. Jamie kept texting me, what's the plan, Dave? What songs should I do? I said, I don't know, Jamie, but if you want to preach, that's fine. Um, but anyway, got to about Friday night, and I said, you know what? I'm going to break this up into three chunks, because um, I, I just feel like it'd be nice to cover the whole theme. I always think it's good to look at Bible verses in context rather than, you know, rather than going too narrow. So we'll try and look at the whole passage so we can see the themes, uh, what we're trying to get at in here. And then I think there are broadly three chunks. Uh, they don't begin with the same letter, but every good sermon should have three points. So we have three different sections. The first one, if we bring it up on the slide, we'll go back to the first bit. So we'll do that as the first one. 
Uh, so that's a bit of background, very much talking about people's identity, almost personally, you could say. Uh, and then we'll look at the next one, uh, which, we'll, uh, which we'll come back to, and that is talking about the way members of the church interact with each other. And then the last one is talking about how the church, uh, how Christians interact with non-believers. So that's the plan for this morning. So for some background then, and wait for it with the slides. Uh, so um, Romans were very class-orientated. You might say that's very similar to this country, uh, but it has been worse in this country, I suppose. Uh, people would know in Roman culture where they stood. Uh, I read a commentary, but forgot to write down the words. But, you know, you've got, uh, I was going to say Presbyterians. No, that's different, isn't it? Um, plebs. Uh, and you would have slaves, you would have the ones that were slaves that are now free, you would have the thinkers, the philosophers, the wealthy, you might have Roman politicians, soldiers, generals. It would be very clear in Roman society where you stood, depending on your job, depending on your birth, your family, whether you were captured as a, as a slave from war. Uh, or whether you were a landowner and that kind of thing. So if you bring up the slide, you know, in our culture, we might be familiar with something like this. Now, very much, who just laughed? I can tell how old you are. Um, I, obviously, I've just done this in Sidmouth, and I could see from some of the faces, some of you, A, don't know who they are, which is tells quite sad when you get to my age, uh, and B, just so that the young people are going, well, why on earth is it black and white? What's the wrong with your computer? You know, this was TV, come on. At least it had sound, it's not, I'm not that old. Uh, that sketch, the idea of that sketch was that you've got uh, John Cleese, uh, Ronnie Barker and Ronnie Corbett, and the idea is you had upper class, uh, middle class and uh, working class. And But the idea, you know, I suppose by looking at them, you could sort of tell and hearing them, they obviously put on a voice, you could hear what class they were from, and, you know, so the sketch went on. But it was very much the idea that, I mean, it helped he was short, maybe they thought this through, but, you know, Ronnie Corbett, it was quite clear, he, he felt the lowest, he looked up to the others, you know, there was a structure. Uh, as I say, Romans would have been the same. Is it the same for us today? I guess it is in many ways. You know, um, uh, if you ever watch um, teen films, te American teen films, I always think they're quite funny. You know, you've got the, the jocks and the geeks and the popular girls and, all, and the goths. Uh, you know, if you're a bit older, maybe you'll have mods and rockers. Does that ring a bell with some of you? And all that kind of stuff. You know, we often have groups or classes and there'll be a perception of who's better. So if you go back to the previous slide then, what is he trying to say when he wrote this passage. He's trying to break all that down uh, and using words like, we are one body with many members. We don't all have the same function, but we are one body with many members. This would have been very tough for the Romans to hear because they wanted to go, no, 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 I, I sit here in the best seats. I don't know, maybe the back's the best seats. I don't know. But I sit in these seats. I behave this way in church because... Uh, I, you know, I'm a Roman general, I'm respected. And someone might have come in at the back going, but I'm just a slave and I get allowed to come here occasionally. I'll sit at the back, I won't engage, God's got nothing for me because I'm not worthy. And he's just throwing it all out and going, just forget it. Where you came from, what you think you're worth is irrelevant. If you've come to know Jesus, you've said, 
I've sinned, I need salvation, I need Jesus. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Roman general or a wealthy landowner or whether you're a slave, you all need Jesus in the same way. So Paul is saying, forget where you've come from. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Uh, Think of yourself with sober judgment. And other parts of this chapter will almost apply that he's looking at it the other way. Don't think of yourself too highly, but don't think of yourself too lowly. If you've got a gift, bring it. Why would you not? Well, I'm not good enough. There's nothing. There's nothing in Jesus' salvation that says, right, I've died for all of you, but then I'm only going to give some spiritual gifts to some people. So some of you can share, you know, accountants, lawyers, you can uh, preach or whatever. I have to include myself in in that category. But, you know, if you, uh, if you, you know, if you're a teacher, Uh, or something, you know, if you work in a manual job, don't expect God to give you a prophecy. That's just the devil. That's just your own self going, I'm not worthy. But look at this passage. He's just, it doesn't say where you've come from. He's going, we're all one body. So I don't care where you've come from. If God's given you the gift of mercy, use it. If God's given you the gift of teaching, use it. If God's given you the gift of prophecy, use it. Isn't that a great reminder that we're all the same? The Romans needed to hear it, and I think sometimes we need to hear it as well. And also with the gifts, I love the way they're listed, because there's clearly no priority. You know, it's not a top ten. It's not like plus Freeman. I'm going to count down the spiritual gifts. Number one is whatever it is, (laughs) preaching. Number two, you in at number two, prophesying. Number four, I think number one is probably making coffee, isn't it? That's that's the only thing that keeps us uh, coming on a Sunday. Uh, But, you know, there is no sense of hierarchy. And right next to uh, leading, which I guess in a lot of cultures would be seen as being, wow, you're the church leader or you're the leading this. Wow. You know, sit there. Uh, You know, in some cultures, they'll even you know want to hold your Bible. You know, they, they want to usher you in. I didn't even have a parking space this morning, you know. But right next to that and prophesying. It's then got, if it is to encourage, then encourage. If it's teaching, teach. If it's encourage, encourage. Isn't that great? You know, because so, so often in the world, we're going, these are the important gifts, so I can come. But they're all just in that list. If it is to lead, do it diligently. So the challenge for Adrian, or whatever you lead, is to do it diligently. But no less important, if your gift is mercy, do it cheerfully. And we might have more than one gift, but I think that's a great reminder not to categorize our gifts and think one is better than the other, but they're all there, all next to each other, all of equal importance, just as we are. Bring up the next piece. This is a secret uh, military weapon that you, uh, you see sometimes, best deployed in a living room or just outside the bathroom door is their most effective place, actually. Uh, best to lay them out uh, just after midnight. Uh, and uh, if you can make sure that the victim isn't wearing slippers, they are. So, I mean, that is pain. Forget childbirth. You stand on a Lego when you're not expecting it. Woo! That's to bring a man to his knees. He's just there in the morning. I can't make a noise because the family's asleep, but I've stood on Lego. Oh. Uh, anyway, there was a point to this, David. Uh, I get easily distracted. Um, all pieces are equal. What a great reminder that all pieces are equal, but we are part of a body. 
the pieces work better together. If you have a look at the next slide, the pieces work better together. Think about a body, and I think it goes two ways. So firstly, the body, it think about your body. If something is missing, you feel it. So sometimes you get people saying, oh, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I never go to church. And you think, how selfish. It's not good for you. Phil Moore says in his book uh, that um, believers who fail to give themselves completely to the local church, as Jesus did, are spiritual swindlers and Christian crooks. It's a real challenge. But he's saying, but this passage, and this is the commentary on this passage, this passage says we're a body. So that says we need each other. That says if God's called you here and you don't come, there's a hole. If there's a hole in your body, I tell you, you feel it. I went to the dentist on Friday. Thankfully, she didn't pull anything out, but I thought she was about to. I don't know why, but she just gives me this look. And I think, she's excited, the needle's coming. If she'd have pulled that tooth out, I would have felt it. There would have been a hole. Right? Why would you not come to church? We need you. Those gifts are not just nice fluffy things that maybe make Sunday work a bit better. The church as a body needs its members, or there is a hole. Similarly, think the other way around. That's taken away from the body. It does not good for you. It doesn't work very well. I, I thought, we'll stick with Lego, but I nearly got a picture of a body part. But I thought, well, you know, there are vegetarians in the congregation. That might be a bit awkward. But you sort of imagine a heart, you know, when they take a heart out and um, they or a, an organ for transplant, you can take an organ out of a body. You know, the liver might say, wow, I could really do with a break. Uh, can I have a little holiday? Take me on a little fancy trip on the back of a motorbike. Take that liver out. The liver might say, hey, I'm free. I don't have to worry about all the junk that that person eats. And then I have to process it. And, you know, you get what happens after that. I, I get a break from all of that. But that liver's now on their own. What happens to that liver? It dies. So you can be a Christian and not come to church. Of course, there's nothing in God's salvation that says that. But I meet very few. I've, I don't think I've ever met a Christian that doesn't come to church that doesn't look like an organ that's been ripped out of the body, shriveled up and slowly dying. We're all equal, but we are better together. Next section then, the, the next look at the next passage. I'm not going to read it all out again, uh, but we have this, uh, this section about how we interact one with another. There's lovely language in there, um, but it, think the key thing for me because you know that the practical stuff we all get it yeah be joyful and serve and pray a bit and you know happy when other people are happy and the danger is it can be a bit flippant because it's written in such familiar language but the thing that really captured me and they're slightly old-fashioned words I appreciate but words like zeal and fervor how's your zeal and fervor that'd be a great name for a firm of lawyers wouldn't it Mike Ah, uh, yes, hello, zeal and fervor. Wow, they're going to really do some good stuff. Maybe builders, zeal and fervor. Yeah. Um, but they are great words that speak about the energy involved. Is your obedience, our response to God's word, the way we interact with each other, the, you know, your attitude, our attitude one with another, is it passive or is it proactive? You know, is it active? Words like zeal, 
and fervor. The fact we are going to be, we should be a body of Christians that are faithful, that bless each other even if we persecute each other, that rejoice when one another is happy, that mourn when other is one another is mourning, that supports one another, that wants to be there. Is that passive or is it proactive? Is it active? Right, the difference between, I'm going to illustrate this, difference between passive and um, a, you know, really active watching. You have a look at the next one. I hope it worked here. It did in Sydney. You know, you see a cat like that. I mean, that's risky if, you, if you've got a cat, isn't it? I think that maybe that's, that there's a reason that's only two seconds long looping because the next picture is the cat wins and then the guy's going to hospital. But I think I'm surprised a cat would do that, sorry, quick aside, because I think our cat would look at that, and then after a while go, hold on a minute, it's that hand that does it. He'd walk around the side and bite me, because that's what he's like. <laughs> anyway, when a cat looks like that, that's active, isn't it? You think, yeah, he's, he's paying attention, but there's active watching. I'm going to try an experiment to see whether I can change your listening from passive to active. Uh, I've got some chocolate. Um, yes, you see, Richard, boom, thank you, Richard. I think you deserve one for that great, I was rubbish at Sidmouth, nearly concussed someone, but there you go, see. I have to say, um, if those of you that know people in the Sidmouth site, Sarah Greenland was on the front row. She sat up and virtually begged for it. So it's certainly, Sarah, certainly, would anyone like one? If you're at the back, I'm, I, I, I'm pushing my luck to get all the way back there. Oh, sorry. Right, Isaac, if this goes wrong, I'm relying on you to help out. Well, here we go, here we go. Oh, oh that, wasn't, that wasn't bad. I've perhaps got one more, but I have got a wife and daughter, and they promise that I keep them. Although I did see them eating my visual aids on the sofa last night. I was going, you've got to stop. I'm going to try. Oh, there we go. You ready? There we go. Oh, yeah. Right, now don't touch those, or Abby will never speak to me. Abby's my daughter, and she's 13 addicted chocolate right but i hope you get the idea that there's a difference between sat there thinking yeah dave can say what he likes and i can think what i like and i can just kind of sit here there's quite a difference between sitting up being attentive being uh, ready to react imagine a church where everyone comes to it filled with zeal and fervor looking out for each other might that be different might that be an amazing experience? And of course, if we all do it, then your needs are going to be met with zeal and fervor. I've got to stop using those words, but with as much passion and energy as everyone else's needs are going to be met. I think it's a real challenge. I find it sometimes it's such a challenge to get here or get through the day. And so you say to someone on Sunday, yes, if you ever need me, just ring. And then they do ring. I mean, the cheek of it. And it's really hard with zeal and fervor to talk to them and go, come on, right, God, I know I've got my own problems, but I'm committed to this church as an act of worship to you, Jesus. I'm going to help this person. Or maybe flipping it on its head, why do I wait for them to ring me? I was joking that Nick and, uh, Nick and Amy and, and Liz and I have been trying to get together. So Nick is uh, one of the elders at the Sigma site, and we've been trying to get a dinner. I said a dinner date, that's a bit weird, but you know. Uh, we've been trying to get together, and it's taking weeks, because one of us will text, and then we'll go, yeah, I must, must reply to that text. And it takes weeks to actually get anywhere. And I think, how passive is that? I should be so much more active. I should be coming, looking at my fellow believers, looking at you here. We should all be thinking, 
with zeal and fervor, if one of you is mourning, we want to passionately support you. If one of you is, is, is rejoicing, we want to passionately rejoice with you. We want to practice hospitality with passion and fervor because part of our worship to the Lord. It's not, a, it's not trying to earn salvation in any sense, but it says spiritual fervor serving the Lord out of our acknowledgement that we're saved saying we want to serve each other in the church with fervor and with passion. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, with passion. Bless those even if you're persecuted. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. I think it's a real challenge. If you're finding that your church experience is not what you thought it was, maybe you need to give yourself more to the church first and then see the reaction. You know, so many people leave churches because it doesn't seem to meet all their needs. And then, yeah, but, you know, if I'm that liver, I don't leave the body because, oh, the, the heart wasn't giving me enough cuddles. I need to do my job and support the rest of the, 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 the body with as much passion and energy as I can. And then the rest of the body does the same. We suddenly have a healthy, active body. There was a story in one of my Bible readings. I don't know if this is true or made up, um, so apologies. But anyway, it goes like this. Um, there was a marriage counsellor, and the, uh, the husband turns up and says, my wife nags constantly, she's miserable, she moans, she doesn't laugh like she used to when we were younger. Uh, I think I want a divorce. The counsellor said, um, treat her like a queen for a month and then come back and see me. After a month, the man came back and said, my wife's totally different. I don't know what's happened. She laughs. She smiles. We have great conversations together. She looks like the young woman I married again. Nothing to do with the wife, is it? Let's be careful with our attitude one with another. Think, wow, I really don't like the way some people in this church interact with me. I tell you what, why don't we serve each other like we're kings and queens? for a month and see what happens, I dare say we'd have a different experience. And it wouldn't be earning salvation. It would be out of worship to God. Final section. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of anyone. So this is more looking at uh, those outside the church. If you look at the, the Greek underneath it, um, and so it's thinking about our response to people around us. If you think about this, this is similar, you know, talking about zeal and fervor, but this is actually a real challenge, isn't it? This is now thinking about the people you work with, the people you commute with, the people you live near and don't follow uh, Jesus. What a challenge to treat them like that. I think so often, maybe it's because we're British, I'm sure different cultures respond differently, uh, but if someone upsets me, then I know how to fix that. I'm not going to be mean to them because I am a Christian after all, but I will just back off a bit. It's a bit like the same way, if you get a really bad food in restaurants, you know, I stay in a lot of hotels with work, have a lot of meals, I never complain. It's just too awkward because you might want a second course and who knows what they'll do to it. So, uh, and I don't want the awkward thing of looking at the waiter and going, you know, oh, uh, um, 
I just don't, didn't, um, you know, quite like that. Uh, but thanks very much for, thanks, thanks for, you know. So it just gets very awkward, I think. Oh, if but so, you know, what we do often in this culture, certainly if you're me, is you think, wow, that person's really upset me. What I'm going to do is just back off a bit. That'll show them. But actually, I'm not being mean. So I've kind of just about snuck through what the Bible teaches. Uh, whereas actually, this is teaching something radical. You know, if your if your uh, enemy needs food or drink, feed them, not ignore them. You know, not don't spit in their beer, not don't steal it from them, not just be passive and ignore them, but actually be active and be nice to them. And you think that is a huge challenge, isn't it? You know, you've got someone at work or someone you live next to and they really are rude and insulting. And our response is to go, well, if you're going to be like that, I won't talk to you. No. The Spirit of God is challenging us to go, if you're going to be like that, come round for tea. That'll surprise them. Of course, it might not work. You know, they might not want to come round. It does say there, you know, as much as you're able, get on with everyone. But that is the kind of radical people we need to be. There's someone at work that I find really awkward. And so as I was preparing for this, of course, I got convicted first because I've been thinking about this for a week. So I, I uh, emailed him last week. And when I'm next in the Plymouth office on uh, Tuesday, we're going to go for lunch. Now, he's really awkward. I mean, he's going to make me pay. I know, <laughs> I know that much. Uh, but, you know, I thought, well, rather than just ignore him, the, the Bible doesn't say that. I need to be actively trying to bless him. Do you want me to buy you lunch? And we'll see how it goes. I mean, of course, lunch with me, I'll have convicted him. He'll be in tears. He'll be on his knees in the restaurant. I'll pray for him loudly. Everyone will overhear. And then we'll just convert the whole of the future in in Plymouth. And that'll be on the news. No, it won't. Um, you know, it'll be socially awkward. We won't know what to talk about. Um, but hopefully it'll open some doors. Um, who knows? What a radical community of believers we would be if that was how we all were in every context. And, you know, clearly, I've said this partly seriously, you know, we need to think what that looks like in our culture. We're not American. We're not weird. You know, I don't start hugging people that where you haven't worn them. Don't hug me either. I'm not. Uh, but I hope you see what I mean, that is there a way of repaying anger with kindness? Is there a way of repaying bitterness with forgiveness? Is there a way of replacing hate or even just apathy with active, passionate love? That person never replies to me at work. That person, I'm not going to email them anymore. I'm not going to bother ringing that old friend because they just don't reply. And when they do reply, they're nasty. I think there's a challenge to all of us in this passage to go, but God says it doesn't matter what you feel like. God just wants you to serve them. And it, it talks about heaping burning coals on their head. But of course, what we don't want to do is make them feel so bad and guilty that we think, yes, at least you feel guilty for being an absolute pig. No, we want them to be so shocked by what God has done for us that they come and find Jesus too. If you look at the next slide. Um, so you will appreciate my age with more of my examples. Uh, I don't know, anyone have an action man? No, so no, Sean, you didn't have an action man. No. He-man, what? I mean, don't Google action man too much because if you ever notice, their staring faces are very scary. That's, 
And that is not an image you want. I used to have one where you could move his eyes back and forwards from a little lever at the back of his head. Why they didn't think that wouldn't give children nightmares? Because you just got this doll that looked, I mean, Anyway, uh, sorry, there was a point to that. I, I think we need to be action men and women. I was thinking about it, and uh, the kids have started watching the A-Team. That is great education, letting them watch the A-Team. But, you know, as a church, we have a community action team, and that is great. You know, we're working on making sure that is uh, strong and future-proof, but we can't go, well, as long as they're nice to people not in the church, that ticks our box, doesn't it? I don't want a community action team on its own. They're great. Don't stop doing that, Steve. That's not what I mean. But what I, what I think our challenge is, is a church filled with action men and women. Not just like that, clearly. Um, well, no. But imagine, as I said in Sidmouth, imagine 200 people in the world loving those around them, even when they're not being loved back. That would send a message, wouldn't it? Yes, of course, we still want to uh, help the poor. We still want to do those other things with direct action. Absolutely. But this is a challenge to all of us to be in action. I really didn't want to preach that because there are some really awkward people I'm meeting next week. I think I need God's spirit. I think this is a spiritual gift. This is not to be done in our own energy. Absolutely. Because I think then that's about earning salvation. How fired up do I feel that day? But I really think that if this passage is about love in action, it is about working out what that means. If I have been saved, if I've been given this unrelenting, unlimited love of Jesus, then I need to show it. Even if my pride is hurt, even if I get nothing back, even when everything about me just wants to push that person away, I need to keep showing love. So, can we stand and I'll pray for you and then perhaps Jamie, you can do some worship. Lord, I thank you for this passage in Romans. I thank you for uh, this message of love in action. Lord, we thank you for how we are all made uh, differently but of equal value. I thank you how you call us from so many different backgrounds. And yet, Lord, you love us all equally. We all need you. We all need you to forgive our sins. And, Lord, you've done that, Lord. I pray then that we will have confidence to bring our different gifts to the body. Because, Lord, the body needs each of us. Lord, we thank you that we're not here by, uh, by chance or by mistake. But, Lord, you call us to be part of a local church where our gifts can be used. Whether that's teaching, leading, whether it is encouragement or mercy. Lord, I thank you for all those gifts, all so precious to you uh, and so many others. Lord, I pray that we'll be a body full of those. With zeal and fervor, with passion, Lord, I pray that we'll do that. When, uh, when we don't feel like it in ourselves, perhaps when the other person doesn't deserve it. Lord, we don't want to be apathetic one with another. We want to be zealous for our relationships, Lord. I pray we'll be zealous for you and zealous for our relationships as a church, that we'll passionately protect each other and build each other up. Uh, and Lord, I pray for those that don't know you, Lord. I pray you'll help us, Lord, whatever that means for our individual circumstances of people here. I pray that you will help us, Lord, to reach out to those that don't know you with simple acts of kindness. Uh, and Lord, to really feel that we, we, we can and we are able to support those in the world around us, Lord. 
We need to show them your love, show them that we are different because of what you've done for us. Not selfishly, but Lord, we, are, we want to be different enough that the world notices the difference. Lord, give us zeal and fervor this week to shine your light into this world. Amen. For more information, please visit our website, thecommunitychurch.co.uk.